we've just mentioned that, that it is a, a positioning tool. Like you said, as soon as we're standing at the front of a room talking about our methodology, talking about what it is that we do, we're perceived as an expert. So that's a really important piece that you're perceived as someone in the marketplace that knows what they're talking about. It's also a really great way to, to leverage your message. I can say something once and many people hear it, whether it's a, a networking event with 20 people or whether it's an auditorium of thousand people, it's still more people hearing our message than just me having a conversation at a coffee shop with one person on the other side of the table. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. It's time for you to increase your influence, grow your business, and scale to freedom. Now, let's enter the lab with your host, Samantha Riley. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm Tim Hind, your Thursday co-host and joined as always by the delightful Samantha Riley. Sam, welcome. I love to say, I like how you say we're another awesome episode before we've even done the episode. That's like a lot to live up to there, Tim. All right, today we're actually going to talk about how to get more speaking gigs. Now, I think for a lot of knowledge professionals, coaches, consultants, as we talked about last week on our episode, was one of the best ways to get more clients and position yourself as a thought leader is to get in front of an audience. And yet that's a slightly terrifying thing. Mm -hmm. And for most people, we just don't know how to go about doing that. Yes. It's a question that I see in so many speaker Facebook groups is how do I get more gigs? How do I get more events? A lot of beginner speakers or people that are just starting off, how do I get paid gigs? And we're going to cover a little bit of that as well. Well, I think here's the thing, and I want people to sort of challenge themselves, right? A lot of speakers, a lot of knowledge professionals and thought leaders think that we suddenly become more saleable or becoming better it is that what did we do? Yes. As opposed to telling people that we're at least competent. Now, it's probably a bit of a mistake to get on stage in front of people if you are not at least a competent speaker. Because there's nothing worse than telling people you're incompetent. We well, don't want to be an expert at that. Yeah. But we do need to be an expert at telling people that we're at least competent. Now, I had this realisation several years ago. One of my first mentors, I was doing a program with him and they called the Expert Transformation Program. So fabulously named program. I don't think they still do it anymore. And I was sitting next to this girl who, like me, did a very similar thing to the two presenters. One was a sales guy. One was a marketing guy. And she's going, well, this is what I do. I'm never going to be as good as these two people. Why would they get me rather than them? And I thought, this is interesting. And I had this epiphany right at that moment. I said, and I turned to her and said, look, the expert is the guy with the microphone and the stage. Yeah, 100%. You don't have to be the best in the world. You just have to be the best in your world and be one step in front of the people, which for many of us isn't very hard, is it? I just want to clarify that we're not talking here about professional speakers. What we're specifically talking about is knowledge professionals getting speaking gigs to position their authority and also as lead generators. These are the kinds of speaking gigs that we're talking about, just to make sure that everyone's clear on that right from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, that's right. To to command the 10,000 plus audience and the the 20,000 plus commission for your 40 minutes on stage, it is an art and that is your profession. Absolutely. I sit in the audience and watch speakers that are earning in excess of $20,000 for a talk and they are absolutely brilliant. I think the more you know about speaking, the more you realize that tiny nuances that they have perfected over the years, this is not something that we can do in a very short amount of time. We start off with how do we get that first speaking gig so that then we can get more. Why speak? Well, we've just mentioned that, that it is a, a positioning tool. Like you 
said, as soon as we're standing at the front of a room talking about our methodology, talking about what it is that we do, we're perceived as an expert. So that's a really important piece that you're perceived as someone in the marketplace that knows what they're talking about. It's also a really great way to to leverage your message. I can say something once and many people hear it, whether it's a, a networking event with 20 people or whether it's an auditorium of thousand people, it's still more people hearing our message than just me having a conversation at a coffee shop with one person on the other side of the table. It's around leveraging your message and also really building your profile and your authority positioning. In your business, you do a lot of this. I know you kind of run workshops all the time. You're constantly going away and doing tours of events and stuff. So it's a really important part of your business. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's probably the most important thing for you? I'm always skeptical to say there is an important thing because it's never one thing that moves the needle, right? It's always an integration of things. However, I would put it right up there in the top five for not just being at the front of the room and speaking, but also even just being at the event that you're speaking at and building relationships and connections with other people. Because sometimes it's not even about your message being received by the people in the audience. It might be a key person that books you to speak at another gig or that turns into a collaboration partner or introduces you to someone else that's got 50,000 of your ideal clients. It's a really great way to put you in front of these people. Yeah, that's something that I don't do a lot in my business right now, but certainly will be. You know, I've been, been watching some of your progression and, and talking to some of my peers in the marketing automation space and doing more events. So I know for 2020, that's on my plan. And as we come into almost November now, kind of like we're in that planning phase, I'm going to be doing more events as well, both yeah. speaking on other people's stages, but also running my own. Yes, which is what we're talking about here. How do you get more gigs? Now, I just want to share a little story. Back in 2012, at the time I was coaching in the health and wellness space, I had heard that speaking was a really great way to build my brand. And I was one of those people that thought I would rather die than speak on stage. Let me tell you, it is literally and truly a thing. <laughs> I was petrified. The way that I got around it was very first going and doing a course to give me a bit of confidence, to give me some sort of framework, to give me some sort of idea of what it was that I was trying to do, which as we all know is only the beginning. You know, skills without application is nothing. So I knew that I had to get out there and speak. I didn't want to put myself in a position where I was speaking to someone else's audience and completely flop. So what I did was created my own speaking events. I created my own workshops and that's how I built my speaking business because I was able to get the practice I needed. I was in front of my own people so I was more confident. I was able to do that and be in control of the topic of what I was talking about. A lot more control, not of the room, but in the room than I would if I was speaking at someone else's event. That's how I cut my teeth speaking. And I think that for anyone that wants more speaking gigs, the way that we get them is by being visible, by other people going, oh, I saw you speaking at such a such event. Could you come and speak at mine? If we've not spoken anywhere before, it's a little bit tricky to get off and running. Creating your own events is, I believe, the best way to go. Even if you've only got three, four, five people in there, it's still like the opportunity to stand up. I think we underestimate the value we give to people. And mm -hmm. even if the audience is sitting there like stunned mullets, as is so often the case, they're stunned mullets because they're overwhelmed with depth and breadth of your experience and knowledge. Mm. It's not that they're 
bored <laughs> in most cases if they're bored they'll get up and leave often people like sit there and quibble furiously in notes and it may not necessarily be a lot of interaction but it's because sharing your expertise in a way that most people don't we take it for granted i think totally uh, you know, we, we become unconsciously competent at what it is that we do and forget that our clients are several steps behind that you mentioned you know you might only get three people and i think a lot of people get held up thinking oh i don't want to fail i don't want to only speak in front of three people but tony robbins the first time he presented was in front of three people so if tony robbins can do it and now look at his auditoriums of 10,000 plus people any of us can start there and i think that knowing that three people can hear your message and you can change the lives of those three people rather than not do it at all. I'd like you to think about that before you say, oh, I wouldn't do that. I did hear a story of a speaker who was the last speaker on the last day of a four-day conference. That is a hard gig. 30, 40 speakers before them. I think the story went, there were, there were a thousand people in the audience and they'd sat there patiently through all the thing going, oh my God, there's some great speakers and oh my God, there's some terrible ones up there. We sort of benchmark ourselves against those uh-huh. people. It's hard not to. And of course, they got up in the last session. 90% of the audience has gone, uh, snuck out to the bar and there were like a hundred people left out of a thousand people. Oh, wow. And it occurred to them at that moment that it wasn't the fact that everybody had left. Those hundred people had stuck around specifically to hear them talk. (laughs) Nice reframe. So it is a lot about, I think, the thing that holds us back from doing speaking gigs. And yes, we can sort of, again, improve our skills and hope that someone taps us on the shoulder and says, hey, please come and speak at my event. But in order to get to that point, we've got to demonstrate we know what we're doing. And really demonstrate we know what we're doing by doing it in an environment that we can if there's only three people that's okay those three people came specifically to learn what i have to teach them it doesn't take long for the momentum of those three people to turn into much more either if i go back to the workshops that i first ran now i was running three workshops a week on a weekly basis and then there was another one that i was running once a month so i went in i'm like that we all know i'm all in once i decide to do something so i was doing a lot of workshops but one of them was once a month it was a wellness workshop it was on a Thursday night. And the first time, you know, might've only had five or six people. But by the third one, I had 20. And I know within six months, we had 50 people. Those people that came were coming back each time along with the new people. You might think, oh, six months, that's such a long time to get to that. But once you're at the six month mark and you're looking backwards, you're like, that happened quickly. So just get in there and do it. (laughs) So give it a go, guys. Um, It's definitely an awesome opportunity for you to sort of A, position yourselves. And as we mentioned, B, to really find clients. It's one of the best ways of getting new clients and particularly I think Sam using that example there I bet those people who came to the first one the second third fourth fifth tenth rural clients weren't they yeah they were however they turned into super fans because when you get people showing up all the time like that when you go oh I've got this other thing oh I'm running this oh now I've got this high-end retreat they will say yes part of your tribe right so guys Absolutely. if you want to do speaking gigs and you don't know how to get started considering throwing on yourself right throw it out to your face Facebook community, throw it out to your LinkedIn people and saying, hey guys, I'm running this workshop on this topic at this time. Love you to come along. All right, tap some of your existing clients on the shoulder and make them turn up. If you need to, we can do rent a crowd. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that either. I mean, not rent a crowd that you don't know, but existing clients essentially are that. And that's a really great way. And look, yeah. it's not such a bad idea to get your referral partners into the room as well, right? Because mm-hmm. they'll get to see more about what it is that you do. And you can invite them in that context and say, hey guys, I'm running this workshop for some of my clients. I'd love for you to come along and see more about what it is that I do. Yeah, so beneficial. Totally recommend that you put this into your schedule, especially if you're doing your schedule for 2020. For many different reasons, 
business, but one is to really build that human connection with people. In an age where we're on social media, when everything is done electronically and automated, to be able to turn up in a room of people and connect with your tribe, there's so much power in that. So think about scheduling these types of events in your calendar for 2020. Absolutely. Now, as a sort of bonus episode to follow on from this one next week, we're going to talk about how you should actually structure this event because it's one thing to actually kind of go, yes, I'm going to do it and decide that you're going to run your own. Another thing to then work out what the structure of that's going to do and how you're going to deliver your teaching points. So next week, we're going to sort of touch on that a little bit more to sort of help you along your way. If you really loved today's episode, we would love to get a shout out, a like, email us. Yes. Like Jackie did last week to let us know that you're enjoying our stuff or something you want to hear about. And of course, jump into the Thought Leaders Business Lab community where you can find this episode and all the others or on samanthariley.global. Absolutely. And if you've got any questions around how Tim and I got started or how we find speaking gigs now because we do speaking gigs outside of our own workshops, put them in the comments below. Let's open up that conversation and you never know. We might even go deeper on another episode if it's something that you're interested in knowing more about. Tim, thanks for hanging out with me for another week. Always awesome, Sam. It's the best part of my week. Love it. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate you. Have a great week. Ciao for now. Discover how to grow and scale your thought leader's business. Check out samanthariley.global. Head over to Facebook and join a tribe of like-minded entrepreneurs in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community.